I was in therapy like an hour before this, uh, as you were too, probably. So like we were, yeah, <laughs> we're both fresh <laughs> from therapy. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. And welcome back to an episode of Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. I'm Christina. And I'm Lauren. I'm back. She's back, bitches. Oh, I, <laughs> should I not say bitches on here? Yeah, why not? <laughs> That's just the vibe, okay? Lauren is back and I'm feeling so fucking happy about it. Because <laughs> I don't have to do this by myself anymore. <laughs> I mean, that was the point. <laughs> well, but also, obviously, you know, I'm glad that you did what you got to do. And you're still doing yeah. what you got to do, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Yeah. And I can tell you how crazy it's been the past few days. Yeah, let's start. Well, fuck it. Let's just start with Lauren. <laughs> where are you at? Well, I got out of residential. Hooray. And <laughs> then you move on to PHP. Or you should move on to PHP, which stands for Partial Hospitalization Program. Basically, it means you go in, you do the same things you were doing before, You they feed you meals, you go to groups, you go to therapy and all that stuff. But, like for me, I go in at 8 in the morning and at 4 in the afternoon, I get to leave and come back to my lovely home and my lovely dog and cat. Yes, it's the best part about PHP, but it's also the most challenging part about PHP. Exactly, because if you noticed, you leave at four, so that means uh, dinner and an evening snack. I am responsible for all by my lonesome. <laughs> so tell us, Lauren, the burning question on everyone's lips slash fingertips. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what was the first night back like? Um, the first night was no one's so asked that actually. I just wanted to ask you that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was exhausting. Yeah, I didn't really think that you had, you know, like 10 messages saying, ask Lauren what her first night back was like. Well, actually, we do have some messages for you, but we'll get to those later. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm not used yeah. to this anymore. I'm just excited. <laughs> I'll shut up now. Pico, uh, Pico's trying to lick the microphone now, so maybe he will get on. Pico, your time will come. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I leave um, residential at 10 on the morning that I'm going to PHP, so I still have most of a PHP programming to go through. Like, I'm excited about all the, like, oh my god, I finally left this place where I felt trapped for however many weeks. And then you come to the new place and it's like, yeah, but you have to sit through most of programming before you get to do the part you want to, which is to go grab your dog, which is to go home, which is to sleep in your bed. So... Yeah. <laughs> So by the time I finally had everything done, I just was like, <laughs> I feel like I ran a marathon. I bet. Pico, meatball, let's go to sleep. <laughs> so did anyone pick you up from the hospital or did you drive? No, I'd driven there. Um, and oh my God, that was both exciting and scary as well. Tell being us. Like, did, I for did I forget how to drive a car? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you start doubting your ability to do things that you just did without thinking before because you've been in another world. You haven't been focused on that. Yeah. And the place I was at, it's, you know, it's out in the middle of the woods where just these like huge mansions are. And it's these tiny little winding roads to get to it. And it's this long, long, windy driveway, but it is very much a one lane driveway. Oh, I hate those. How's the visibility? Um, not fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, no one cares about the visibility right now. Continue. 
No, <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, so that's my first experience driving. No wonder I thought I forgot how to drive. I had to like take my car down this driveway where it's like, um, so if anybody is coming at me and, you know, people are coming in because they work there and stuff like that all the time. Of course. And I'm just like, I got to pull off the road, which I basically had to do once. And I was like, am I staying on this tiny little driveway? I don't know. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to run into a deer. So, so which of your babies did you pick up first? Um, Pico, because somebody else was watching him. Yeah. Meatballs at my apartment. Yes, yes. Oh. And, um, picked up Pete, 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 picked up Pete Ball. <laughs> picked up Pete. <laughs> I was trying to combine them. I picked up Pete Ball. <laughs> Pete Ball. <laughs> yes, I picked up Pico and I asked my friend, she recorded a video of our re- reuniting. <gasps> oh my God. It's epic. Can we post some of it? Absolutely. I'll send it to you. (laughs) Yes, I cannot wait. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. Then when I came home, Meatball was waiting right at the door for me. And usually he doesn't do that. Usually he waits until I come in and then is like, oh yeah, I know you. Okay. Oh. Yep, he was ready for me. They know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Now, were you at all nervous to spend the night at home? Somewhat. Um, I was kind of nervous when it got really close to leave because... Then you realize, like, oh, everyone has been, you know, taking care of everything that I need for so long. Yeah. (laughs) And, and yeah, being on your own is like, (laughs) But I'm sure that they gave you tools to take care of yourself. Like, they wouldn't just send you out without being a little bit prepared. And I know, I mean, I don't remember exactly now because it was a while ago, but I know that it wasn't a perfect first night back. I didn't exactly follow my meal plan. I didn't do everything on time, but I did something. That's it. You so, did something and that's huge. You weren't able to do something yeah. by yourself before. Exactly. So it was a success. <laughs> so PHP then, how has that been? You've been what, for like a couple weeks now? Yeah, I guess what, like two and a half weeks or two weeks, something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, you you told me it was really hard and we had a little bit of a conversation over text about how nobody talks about how hard PHP is. Yeah. And that is, I think a lot of that is the autonomy that you suddenly have that you got used to not having. Like you bitch and complain about not having it, but you also get used to it. Did you tell your team the morning after that you didn't complete your meal plan? Um, (laughs) I don't think I did. Lauren! (laughs) Sorry. Don't worry, I won't shame you on the podcast. Not yet. Okay. (laughs) But I mean, since then, like, because the the first night I wasn't all set up, but there's a a logging program. I don't know, you might have used it on your phone called Recovery Record. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, And so, like, the dietitians there want you to, pretty much they all want you to log on there, so... The first night, no, I wasn't set up. And no, I did not <laughs> share everything. But since then, I've had to log for them. So if there is a problem, they see it happening. Now, I'm going to try not to verge into triggering territory. But did you ever like log your meals before as part of your eating disorder behaviors? Um, Yes, but not. I haven't done that for a long, long time. Well, so I did leading up to treatment. And so yeah. when I got out of treatment and they gave me an app and they were like, here, log all your meals. It was a little bit concerning to me. So I'm wondering Uh how you feel about that. Is it helpful for you or is it weird? It is. I'm not sure that it's helpful or, but it definitely is weird. Um, (laughs) It's, it's not hurtful though. That's good. Like I, I can see in your situation and I know a lot of people as well that yes, like that became a behavior for them, like logging every little item that they put in their mouth. 
then I can see that being like <laughs> some resistance and yeah, like, well, this might not be so great. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of what I did before. But um, for me, the thing that I've been really resistant to is um, my dietitian wants me to log the meals and also to take before and after pictures. Of and the I plate? Yes. And I don't want to put those pictures on there. Uh, well, talk about that a little more. Why, why are you so resistant to taking the pictures? Or are you resistant to like sharing the pictures specifically? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think it is like, like part of it is still feeling some of the, um, the shamefulness, you know, of just having to be like, look, look at all I ate. Oh my God. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You reminded me of childhood when you said that. Like, that sounds like something your mom would tell you. Like, cleaner plate oh yes it feels it feels kind of like that doesn't it <laughs> mm-hmm. but like that's part of it and the other part i feel like is the like perfectionist part of me too that's like if i put it there then she's going to see everything that i chose on my own you know like i didn't have a menu to pick from and it wasn't my choice i chose my dinner and she's gonna like say like well it would have been better if you had this component or did this instead so i'm like i'm afraid of the judgment so i don't want to put it on Oh, yeah, I get that. It's it's a very vulnerable thing when you've been so secretive about that part of mm-hmm. your life for so long. Like, I hate eating in front of people, like even now. Oh, me too. It's the that's worst. One of my, that's always been one of my biggest things. And I have to have TV playing so I can't hear myself chew. That's a thing. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Like I, I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like you've been gone for a lifetime. Truly, I mean, if you want to hear the recent craziness, because you should. Yeah, that's been going on in PHP. <laughs> is um, so PHP is not in the mansion in the middle of the woods. It's just in like an office building in a suburb of St. Louis. Well, that's boring. And- Oh, whoops. I, I doxed myself. But I mean, I we know I where you are. I think we I know- where I live. <laughs> yeah. We've only talked about it for like weeks. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, did we always say the city that it's in? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can start bleeping <laughs> it if you want, but people might be confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway. So yeah, it is. It's just in an office building. But um, halfway through Saturday, because no one's really going to be there except for us on, on weekends. And they're on the weekends, the doors are automatically locked. So we know the code to get in the door. And halfway through Saturday, the code on the back door stopped working. And the back door is where the, um, the smokers and vapors go out. So, you know, we discovered that right away. That's like, oh, the, the code in the back door stopped working. And a couple of times, you know, we had to go around to the front. And so doing that one time on a break, thinking like, okay, you know, I just have to go around to the front. And when I go around there... Then suddenly the code won't work in the front door either. Oh, my God. <laughs> and since then, I'm not sure. I think maybe today when I left, the doors were finally working. But because, like, a lot of people had Monday off and then Tuesday, you know, it was 4th of July. Oh, so yeah. for four days, we've had to, like, prop doors open and call people to try and get in in the first place. July 4th, we straight up thought we weren't going to have programming because we just didn't think we were going to get in the building. Oh, but but you did? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Some, I don't know, some got main like building person, I guess, let us in. That's not all. (laughs) Wait, I have a a question first. Okay. Did they do anything cringy for the 4th of July? Um, no, we just, uh, we tie-dyed. Oh, okay. You didn't have to eat anything like traditional. Oh, we did do, they do, they call it community snack once a week, where it's usually like the dietitians pick something that's maybe supposed to be challenging. And 
we had dipped pretzels in like red, white, and blue frosting and decorated them. Oh, cute. So that was community. I also stuff. shouldn't have said like, <laughs> did you have to eat that? I should have said like, did they serve anything like that? <laughs> That's not very <laughs> healthy language. That's a good point. But <laughs> but yes, I, I do feel like I probably would have been internally cringing at least if they'd been like, let's have hot dogs and baked beans. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God, really? <laughs> Uh. But actually, they couldn't do that because that's my second part of the craziness that's been going on. So they only really have one cook. I mean, one cook who is obviously an incredible lady, takes care of the PHP food. You know, you have vegetarians, you have vegans, you have people that keep kosher. So she has to like make every meal like 10 different ways. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, so she's incredible, but she has been sick. I'm pretty sure that it's COVID because she has been out for a long time. And we had like dietitians trying to make the meal some days. Um, The last two days, they just ordered in our lunch. Like they ordered (laughs) it from Crazy Bowls and Wraps or they ordered it from Chipotle. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) That's like the one thing you expect at eating disorder treatment is like consistent food. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Oh yeah. Well, they told us on Monday, too, um, some of the people working there were like, not only, you know, do we have to, like, scrounge because we haven't had our cook here for a few days already. And they're like, but we got the food delivery on Monday. And for some reason, almost everything they delivered us had, was past its expiration date. <gasps> so we can't use it. <laughs> what? So, what? So, yeah. I think today they finally had the food they were supposed to in addition to... What a nightmare. How do you feel yeah. about that? Are you freaking out? Um, You know, at that point, when they like topped it with that one, then it was just hilarious. I was just like, what else? Come on, guys, lay something more on us. Right? That's good. Yeah. I, I think that sometimes we talk a lot about how um, living like through trauma kind of makes us fear the worst. And like mm-hmm. always be on the edge of our toes or whatever. I don't know why I use that. Um, but <laughs> but like we are really good at adapting to crazy yeah. shit. Like I don't know. It's it's something to be proud of. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, like I have a ton of questions and I want to hear more, but I feel like that'll come about naturally mm-hmm. uh, as we as we move forward. So I have a message from Vicky. Yes. That I want to play for you. Um, (laughs) And then I have a few cute little messages. Actually, I'm going to read the messages to you first because there's not a ton. Okay. Hold on. Let me pull. Is that Meatball? Meatball. Meatball. That's a Meatball. (laughs) I'm shocked that Owen hasn't like tried to get in here yet. Oh, yeah. He's so cute. (laughs) Oh, my God. He meowed like into the microphone a few episodes ago. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Okay. First of all, Christine says, welcome back. Thank you. Orion says, head empty, but heart is full of pride and encouragement for Lauren. Aww. (laughs) Committing to change and exploring the unknown because you want a better life is a long struggle, but you're worth every dark, difficult day in search of your true self. Aww. Thank you. (laughs) Andrew, uh, my friend Andrew from Treatment, who is on the podcast while you were gone. Oh. Mm -hmm. He says, hi, Lauren. I'm damn proud of you. Aw, thanks. <laughs> um, and then he has some questions that you might not want to answer now. He says, if this wasn't your first time in ED treatment, what hit different during CBT? Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So first of all, we've talked about different types of therapy before on the show. I don't know if we want to get into like a deep dive right now, but do you have anything like right off the bat to respond to that? 
Um, so currently, I am actually discussing some kind of um, minor major, like, I don't know, one slash other, I'm not really sure, medium trauma. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, we've, we've talked about, we had a whole episode about small T trauma. Yeah. And this is kind of like, I've made it small, but I'm not sure that it really is. But it was always something, I think, because of that, because I minimized. Oh, by the way, me and a friend were listening to, he wanted to listen to one of the podcasts while I was in treatment. It was, I don't remember which one. Um, I think it was the one where we were telling treatment stories. Uh-huh, but that he, sounds right. He, he caught you calling me the minimization queen. Right <laughs> <away>. <laughs> and yes. <loves> that. <laughs> it tracks. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so you've been minimizing this, what you now have discovered is major trauma. So it's, yeah, it's, it's something that I feel like has always come up with any new therapist I see where I'm just kind of, they ask about it and I'm like, yeah, there's some stuff that, you know, I'd maybe like to explore because I never have, but then I never do. I always just like push it off and like, oh, we got busy with something else. So this is the first time I'm really kind of forcing it. Like, yeah, I always say that I'm going to look into this, but I don't. So let's actually do it. (laughs) What did you find? Um... About yourself. Like, you don't have to share details, but like... And I, and I probably will tell the story sometime. I might have told some of it before. I don't even remember. But um, I think it is just realizing that things are a bigger deal than I thought. Yeah. 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 That's huge. Yeah. As we've established, like, you're the minimization queen. And so <laughs> yes. I'm so fucking proud of you for doing that. I, I have to also tell you, um, speaking of that friend, it was... Yeah, it had to be the treatment stories because it was the episode where you talked about um, being in alcohol treatment and getting the second cup of coffee with the old yes. man that you'd raise. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and for some reason, he loved that story. So like when we'd be in the dining room, then if we weren't at the same table, like if we were across the room from each other, then we'd look at each other and we'd do the little raise like, oh my God, stop. <laughs> yes. So it lived on. Oh my God, I'm like going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I never think that like anyone ever thinks about those stories, you know. Most of the time, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if I want to like keep them in. I'm like, I don't know, this is stupid. Aww. But that's you know, that's just me, and I'm working on that. Um. Yeah. Oh, but CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. He asked yeah. if it, if it hits different this time around. So were you saying that you discovered the trauma in part because of like that therapy? Well, that's the thing. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I guess it kind of is CBT, but I wouldn't say that that's their main... Actually, what they have started latching onto is... Oh, what is it? It's it's very similar letters. Dialectical? No. I hate DBT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it um, ACT? Or, no, no not it's, ACT. It's, it's another C. Oh, CFT. It's because it's that? Because compa- it's compassion-focused therapy. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> No, I no, I'm sure it's cool. I'm sorry. Uh, what What is that? Basically, just like learning to develop some self-compassion because people like us generally don't have much of that to offer ourselves. Yeah, I, I laugh, but honestly, I probably need it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, Andrew also asks, what was unexpected this time about group therapy? Hmm. Uh... Or maybe you could just share like something cool from group therapy this time around um i yeah i don't know if this would be good or bad uh but it felt like the group therapy did not go quite as deep as Mm. it used to and in some ways i think that was good because i feel like before 
that people used to get like so personal and so deep about it and everything that it almost turned into, you know, like trying to outdo each other with your war stories. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, you do have to show some oh. restraint sometimes. Like when you're in group therapy, you have to be considerate of like others too. Yeah. Which we, I think we talked about that in our therapy episode. Probably. Yeah. Cause the, the groups were, I would say, in no way were they surface level, but they were more surface level than they've been. Okay. And that might have been okay. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, yeah. Okay. That was all the messages. Thank you to everyone. Okay. Uh, let's play Vicky's voicemail now. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So am I. Three, two, one, play. Hey, it is podcast listener Vicky, and I just felt compelled to leave a message as I've been kind of pondering some thoughts that have been coming up for me. Uh, there had been the conversation with Andrew, who you met in treatment, Christina, and uh, the most recent podcast with Teddy, and then of course with Lauren, having just been through residential and hearing bits and pieces of how that has been for her. It's really brought up a lot in me of um, thinking about my own experiences with treatment, the whole gamut of, you know, therapy and outpatient nutrition visits and having a treatment team, as well as my times uh, being admitted to hospital-based um, inpatient programs, and um, I did one stint in residential, um, as well as a partial program at Rogers a couple of times. And I'm just kind of stuck in my own head and in my own memories thinking about those experiences, the good things, the bad things, uh, the relationships that are forged uh, with others who are going through those types of programs. And even though all of that is so far in my distant past and I'm not at all really struggling with much in the way of eating disorder behaviors or thoughts or compulsions, I'm doing very well in recovery and I'm thankful for that every day. And certainly I'm not like wishing I was back in, you know, such chaos and poor health and, you know, my life being flipped upside down and just kind of being debilitated by the eating disorder and the depression. Um, so it's definitely not like a wistfulness of, damn, I wish I was sick again. It's just kind of this weird feeling of like, wow, am I, am I never going to be in treatment again? Am I never going to have those experiences again? And it's just a little weird to think about just turning a corner and leaving all of that behind in the past. And it's a good thing, obviously, but it's also just a little bit sobering to be like, wow, I've moved past that. And that's a part of the me of the past and not a part of my future. And I don't know. I'm just rambling, but it's just brought up in me a lot of feelings and just maybe it is a little bit of wistfulness, you know, that feeling of safety and having someone else take care of you and someone else making the decisions for you and being able to put all your focus on one thing. And I mean, real life, just recovery life, working and taking care of the house and managing the bills and the cleaning and 
It's boring. It's stupid. I guess it's just kind of a realization of like, okay, so this is what I recovered for is to have this stable life, you know, and being in relatively good health and um, being able to think clearly, um, not passing out from dehydration. Um, This is what I worked for. But then there's just kind of this feeling of like, all right, but now what? I don't know. I just kind of wondered if other listeners were perhaps experiencing some of the same things that I have been um, just with all of this treatment talk and um, thinking about leaving that all behind in the past. So that's my ramble. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you, Vicki. Yeah. Wow. That is a lot to think about. <laughs> it's a lot. So I have had a little more of a chance to to ponder this voicemail than you have. And I mean, I am more similar to Vicky in that I am in a much more stable place than I was before. But mm-hmm. like to me, it doesn't seem like it's behind me. It seems like it's starting to fade. And honestly, that scares me because I don't know who I am without this stuff. Like it is nice. Like she was talking about people taking care of you in treatment and stuff. And I would go a step further and say that when you are like in the middle of an eating disorder or an addiction or whatever, it is like you're letting that thing drive like you're Mm -hmm. kind of giving up the responsibility and just like it's it's freeing in a way so when you get better or you know when you embark on the recovery journey it's a lot of responsibility and i think that's why a lot of people get discouraged and have lapses because they're not ready for that responsibility yeah because there is there's definitely something i mean i felt that this time even though you know i really was reluctant to go but there is some sort of like big relief once you're actually on your way. I guess because you've been putting yourself through such hell mm-hmm. before that, that it's just like, okay, that's over. That's going to be over now. Yeah. <laughs> so Someone's going to help me take care of it. Yeah. It's such a huge wave of relief. Like that can't even begin to describe it. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's almost like a religious experience, like of surrender. Mm-hmm. And then coming out, it's almost like deconstruction from religion. Whereas where like you learn things a specific way in treatment, then you get out and you're like, wait, the world is living like this? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, wait, you still have to do things the way the world wants to. <laughs> exactly. So um, I, I have a few notes, but like, what were your immediate re- reactions to this? Because I know like you're obviously very er- early on in your recovery and so do you experience already a wistfulness that she described? Um, so actually what I think I related to, what I felt like I was relating to the most is in the beginning when she just talked about like thinking of her past days and stuff like that, because I, I went back to the place where I'd went in 2015 and 2016. So it'd been a hot minute since I'd been back there. And, you know, and that also includes like my first treatment stay ever when it was like all super new and scary. So, like, walking into that building again, the entire first week or so, I remember, I was like, I swear to God, all I'm doing is seeing ghosts. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. It was things like, like, like one that I remember thinking of was just a friend that I made there the first time. And 
She was, she could be, you know, like playful and goofy. And she was walking up the stairs on the other side of the railing. So like balancing on the tiny little bit of stair that like goes past the railing. And, you know, like, and staff members are all like, get down from there. And she's like, no, it's fun. (laughs) And so I was just like, I look at those stairs and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I see her playing on the stairs, but she's not here now. (laughs) No, that sounds like a movie. Yeah, it was it was weird for the first few days. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Oh, so man. it was like that was where I lived before. <laughs> and, you know, like walking into that dining room again was just like, oh, my God, this is where I had my first like in treatment meal. And it was so, so scary. <laughs> I mean, your first one of like a, a stay is also kind of like scary and nerve wracking. But I mean, nothing like the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because... Uh, in another voicemail that Vicky sent, she talked about past lives. And mm-hmm. I can't help but think of that concept when you talk about going back because like it is a lot different this time mm-hmm. than it was that time. And so I'm wondering, like, what are some major changes that you're seeing? And like, are some of them even so big? You're like, that literally feels like a past life. Um, somewhat. I I feel like I didn't realize until I was back there this time and everything felt different, how much that first time, I really needed to like, pretty much have a childhood there. It was like, I needed to really like get in with a crew where it's like, I I could be silly and act like a kid and all this kind of stuff, even though you know, like I was in my 30s then. But you needed that. Yeah, I hadn't had that. And, and I mean, not to say that I didn't do, you know, like some fun, crazy stuff with people sometimes this time, but it didn't feel as much like that time really felt like I had to, I had to go through and act, you know, like a teenager most of the time. Yeah. And this time felt more mature. (laughs) That's so interesting. That kind of told me like, okay, so maybe you did really like get what you needed and you don't need that so much this time because I didn't feel as much like I had to play and be a kid. It was just kind of like, okay, sometimes you have fun and do something crazy, but... Yeah, I mean, that's, that is a really nice part of treatment is that you can kind of embrace your inner child <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit more if you if you so desire. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this time, you kind of saw like how serious you needed to be. Am yeah. I am I wrong? Not at all. Just uh, Pico was hacking up a lung. So Pico. I wasn't sure if you heard him. Oh my god, Pico. Sounds like me earlier. I had to use my inhaler. Oh, <laughs> It's his own fault. It's because he tried to chase down B-Ball. No. <laughs> um, today, I went to my parents' house and organized photos from 1991 to 2008. They have four big bins of photos at their house that I've been going through and organizing by year. Okay. Honestly, it was it brought about like a lot of emotional responses that I don't think I was ready for. I'm sure. Just like seeing all these pictures of me as a kid, just like, sure, I was happy in a lot of them and I looked like a normal kid, like before all of the addiction and eating disorder and stuff. But I also saw a lot of pictures of me like raising kids, (laughs) like cooking and like pushing Mm -hmm. strollers and like reading to people and that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I saw someone who wasn't really having a typical childhood and it did make me feel a lot of empathy towards my my childhood self for that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your, your story just made me think of that. It's a weird yeah. thing to realize that you need to be a kid in your 30s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Vicky asked, what does it mean? Like, if I never go to treatment again? Like, have you been thinking about that? Um, and I mean, I don't know that I have an answer for that right now. But that was a really, 
that's a really good like thing to think about. Well, it, you know, it made me think of when we met in person and we mm-hmm. were answering listener Q&As on video mm-hmm. and someone asked like what our dream life would look like in five years or something oh, like that. Yeah. And that was a really hard question to answer because I honestly like... I'm not capable of looking that far into the future and like assuming that I'm healthy. Like, what Mm -hmm. does that even look like? Because I think, didn't both of us say like, I mean, we wanted to be somewhere in recovery, but we're like, I don't think that it'll be behind me in five years. That doesn't feel like enough time. Well, okay. The question was like, what's your realistic future that you want? And then what's your dream future? And like, I think both of us were like, realistically, we'll still be in recovery. And like, I I think I said I might relapse. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't really Which f- is good enough. <laughs> good and confident. I I was in therapy like an hour before this, uh, as you were too, probably. So like we were Yeah. <laughs> we're both fresh from therapy. <laughs> um but I literally told her I feel like the house is gonna crumble at any moment, but I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. Like I never take it for granted is what I'm saying, but I am really grateful to be in recovery and like I think I'm doing pretty good, and so are you. Yeah. Um I hope so. Uh, you know, it's still at the kind of newness phase. And it's like, is this going to stick? I, I threw it at the wall. I'm not sure if it's it's sticking. <laughs> yeah. But like, sometimes that's the thing. You don't know if it's sticking for totally. years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that the time you went back to treatment in your 30s, and you were, you know, acting all childish and stuff. Yeah. Like, you probably didn't know what a healing role that would have in the long term. And yes, you did end up going back to treatment, but that wasn't a waste. Yeah. Because now, this time, you were able to focus on other things. Exactly. Turning a corner is is scary. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, thinking, I, I'm going to think about that more. So yeah, I might not have an answer right now, but I do want to think more about like, so a life where... You know, you assume that's not going to happen again. What what does that mean for my life when I know that's not part of it anymore? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to have an answer right now. I don't think anyone expects you to have yeah. an answer. Like, <laughs> I love that we're talking about this because it, it's a great thing to think about. And I, I love, like, it's perfect because you are fresh out of treatment. It's a good question to ask and ponder. Yeah. So it, it's just, it actually just kind of floors me because it's like, oh, you know, like, because I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going from here. It's, but it's just like... So this might be it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I've been struggling with that lately, actually. Um, Just the idea that like, is this it? And if this is it, do I want this? Mm -hmm. Because like my life is stable, but I feel like it is missing a certain element of unexpectedness. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I've been thinking about some things I can do to just change my life because I'm tired of sitting around waiting for things to change and like I'm at a point in my recovery now where I can maybe focus on some more goals yeah so what would you do oh that's funny you ask (laughs) well so this week I was thinking about like jobs I could do Mm -hmm. and I was just like I don't know like I don't want like I keep working these dead-end jobs and like changing careers and I don't want to do that anymore like what is the thing that I have always wanted to do and that I'm good at. And it's writing. And so I am currently looking into going back to school to get my MFA. Oh, <laughs> I'm just looking into it. It's, I don't know how where this will go. I might lose interest next week. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say we could be twinsies. But I forgot. I was like, No, I never got my master's. <laughs> I just got my bachelor's in it. <laughs> well, I, I didn't get my bachelor's until 2018. 
So mm-hmm. like, I don't know. For a while, I was really turned off of academia. Which is fair. Because like, I, I didn't let myself pursue writing either because it seems like a really like unrealistic thing to pursue. Yeah, that's what I did. I changed majors a few times until I was like, well, let's just graduate with something. Let's do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm tired of doing what other people want. Is uh, Yeah, to your point, I do want to just do what I want. Like, I'm not making any money now anyway. I don't have health insurance yeah. anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like I need the structure and, like, the community and just to have a goal. That's something that I miss sometimes that I think of where I'm just like, when I was a kid, I always thought that that's what I was going to do. I was going to be a writer. And just, like, not making the time for that anymore is like, oh, that's kind of sad. <laughs> it, I mean, that's how I've been feeling. I've been feeling really sad about you know, why isn't this a part of my life still? It was my first resort. And it's kind of like my last resort now where I'm just like, if I'm not going to pursue this now, I'm never going to and I I have to try at least, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. I feel weird like talking about it. Because again, I feel like I, I might not follow through. Well, I support it either way. Thank you. You don't have to do it. You don't have to. I know I don't have to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anything else to say about Vicky's voicemail? Um, not right now, but like I said, I feel like it'll come up later. Cool. There was a lot of interesting points <laughs> to still think oh on. Oh my god, yeah. I've been thinking about it for like five days. Yeah, and I actually, I was so proud of myself because we tried to record earlier and my internet connection was shit, <laughs> so it wasn't working. And we started to play the voicemail and I told myself, I was like, well, I can listen to the rest of it now. And I was like, no, let's let's do it the way, the way that it's meant to be. I'm always <laughs> listening to it fresh. <laughs> yes, one of us has to be fresh, damn it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're trying to keep things authentic on here. I know some <laughs> some podcasts record like two or three weeks in advance. And I think like, yeah. I've tried to do that. And it just I can't do it. I need to be fresh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but like yeah, that is fresh. That's like, as far as structure goes, that's all I have. I okay. kind of want to hand the reins to you now, because I'm tired and I want to vape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say right now. But it actually is getting really, really warm up here. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sweating. Yeah, is that your way of saying you're you're, you're signing off for I the was, night? I was gonna say what 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 is our next episode supposed to be? Are we getting back into the polls and the topics and the, okay. the people so, and the things? <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you about that. We could just have this conversation now. Why not? Yeah, exa- absolutely. Um, so I was thinking the polls. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know, listeners. Do you like the polls? Because honestly. Yeah. I didn't miss them, like, too much while you were gone. I feel like... But sometimes we do get a lot of answers, so... That's true. Yeah, if people like answering them, I wouldn't want to never do it. I'll rephrase that. I feel like I didn't miss making them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, yeah, we could do the polls again. I also do want to get into, like, guests eventually, like we've talked about, like, interviewing friends and stuff. Um, I was thinking it would be cool if we did... Whenever we did guest episodes, then the guest could pick a topic. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was a guest, I kind of picked the topic for you. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, so yeah, like if it's something they want to talk about and feel, yeah, passionate about. It kind of happens already. But yeah, the the point is, uh, if you want to be a guest, like hit us up. It might take a while for us to get our shit together, but we want to. Yeah. And like, I think we're ready. And this goes out to, um, you know, like any of my recent treatment friends who might be listening because I found out some actually are. When it came up that I have a podcast, some of them said they were like, I'd be a guest. So if you mean it, then if contact you mean us. it, contact us. Mm-hmm. And we will do it. We'll do it. I'm, I promise that I'm every bit as awkward 
in the interview <laughs> process as I am on here. Even more awkward because I edit this shit. Me too. I mean, I don't know for sure because I haven't done an interview yet. So extra awkward. <laughs> yeah, extra, extra awkward. Awkwardness abounds. <laughs> but yeah, we, we could do a poll episode for the next one if you want. Okay, I was thinking that or I was thinking, um, you know... I haven't surprised you with a topic for a long time. You haven't? Are like it's, maybe it's time I do that. Okay. Do you want to do a topic for next week? I think that's what we should do. All right. So next week All we'll right. be back with the topic of Lauren's choosing. I'm so excited. Also, if you haven't rated us yet. Oh my God, Lauren. Oh my God. The I text, excitement. I texted oh. Lauren like five minutes before this. No, it was earlier in the day. I don't know. I'm so yeah. excited. But um, earlier today. Yeah. I, yeah. I texted Lauren earlier today and I was like, we broke five stars on Spotify. Because, guys, yes. we have been, we we have been, been stuck, stuck on 4.9. 4. 4. 4. 9. <laughs> <laughs> We're both just so excited about this. <laughs> so, thank you everyone so much. Um, <laughs> I guess asking for ratings does kind of work. It must be I people are still rating us. Because it changed. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Um, but yeah, rate us again if you haven't already. Yeah. And, uh, but, but only if it's going to be five stars. We don't want that 4.9 shit anymore. No. We're a five star. We're a five star podcast. We know it. Yeah. Oh, I hated saying that. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> um, follow us on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast and on Facebook by searching Pickles and Vodka, a mental health podcast. It's a good thing that we are actually ending it now because for some reason you just cut out for like 15 seconds. Oh, God. So don't jinx start it. Again. Lauren, where can they follow you on Instagram? They can follow me at Pico Suave, spelled P-I-C-O-S-A-U-V-E. Cool. And you can follow me. It's, oh, <laughs> oh I say, it's, it's my dog's Instagram, but I am, <laughs> that's where I mainly hang out. <laughs> follow Lauren's dog. Follow me at Xtina Jumper. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>